0: I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Five ways men cockblock themselves and what to do instead. The clinical definition of cock blocking that you'll find in the DSM is to prevent copulation. It's usually done by one person to another, but today we're talking about how men do it to themselves. What are the things that minimize a man's chances of having any sex, let alone life-changing gourmet sex? Here are the top 5 ways men cockblock themselves in life and in bed, and how you can slay these demons and how sexual mastery equals life mastery. In today's All-Star interview, we will be speaking with Jim, the well-fucked man, to hear how he has uncockblocked himself in all of these areas, such as fucking his woman into oblivion. He says, G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms. It's like open communication with God when she has them. There is an exorcism of demons and then bliss and joy. Her senses are on fire. Her vagina is on fire. And then I fuck her harder. Weight loss, since sexual mastery for men, he has lost 45 pounds. And stamina, he says, my stamina is off the Richter scale. I can now go for an hour of penetration. And how he has seized control of his masculine power, his cock, and his woman. Before we get to Jim, let's expand on all the ways that you can cock block yourself and what else you can do. So cock block number one, being afraid to inhabit your masculine energy. I am forever giving men permission to man the fuck up and really own their masculine selves, their bodies, their cocks, and their overall energy and how they show up in the world. In this time when men are constantly being told how toxic masculinity is and how beta bitches are being paraded around as though anyone wants to fuck them, it might seem like a big deal to own and love your cock and your sexual power and truly enjoy the majesty and ferocity of being a man. But we want you to. Because the truth is, no woman wants to fuck a beta male. Some women might be trying to play it safe and they use enough lube or get drunk enough that they might be able to fuck a beta male, but oh, naturel, nah, not happening. Women don't fuck beta males, they hide with them. So the work you do to truly explore and embrace what it is to be a man and all that that entails is not only going to self-actualize you, but self-actualize your woman's vagina. Because those things, vaginas, only respond to men. Check out my podcast episode on alpha versus beta males and my YouTube video called The Beta Male Variant. Jim is going to talk a lot about his experience with claiming his masculine power and dominance in life and in bed with his woman. This part was huge for him. Cock block number two not knowing your way around a woman's body. The origin of the world and the key to secret worlds is your woman's vagina. It is said in many spiritual paths that a woman leads her man home to God. This is her role. And she does it through her vagina, the ultimate portal between worlds. And if she is masterful, she can open it at will and guide him through. And if he is masterful, he can help her to open and access her own power. Spending the time to learn and become proficient in all things pussy and female orgasm is worth it for you. If you show up to your woman all fumbly, and look, this is actually okay to do in terms of starting wherever you are, so long as you are willing to learn and improve. But if you show up fumbly and forever remain a premature ejaculator, ah, the cum fairy made me do it again, then she'll just stop fucking you. And she'll say that she has a low libido and you'll say that she's just one of those women who isn't that interested in sex or of course we don't have sex because we have young children or whatever lie you want to tell yourself. But ultimately, it's because you are uninspired in bed and uninspired to learn. And this isn't about learning a roster of technical moves, although a few of those are good to have. It's about becoming so in tune with yourself and your cock and her pussy and developing the cockfidence to go the distance emotionally and sexually with your woman. Devote yourself, study, prioritize your sex and intimate life. Make it your goal to become a sexually masterful man. This is what my salons are for. The ultimate sex education everyone ought to have had but did not. Cock block number three, stopping after giving her one orgasm or only giving her clitoral orgasms. This is an extension of being sexually skilled, but it's so important that it deserves its own category. Only giving your woman clitoral orgasms is a surefire way to make sure that your woman is perpetually under-fucked to the point where she may become uninterested in sex because, eh, why bother? If a woman isn't having vaginal orgasms, I can see why she isn't that into having sex. Eh, can take it or leave it. And she'll probably leave it. (laughs) If you are a two-pump chump, aka a five-minute fucker, I've said it before and I will keep saying it, an underfucked woman is the ultimate cockblock because that crazy psycho underfucked bitch will make your life hell. She will cockblock you every which way till Sunday. Not only will she stop having sex with you, that's just the start, she will sabotage your work, your relationships, your connection with your children, she'll humiliate you all over the place. And that's all before breakfast so it is truly in your best interest to fuck her often and fuck her well and one of the best ways that you can do this is giving her cervical orgasms g-spot orgasms squirting orgasms anal orgasms and a lot of them i talked about this in the episode a couple of weeks back called she comes first second third fourth and fifth Women need vaginal orgasms, and they need a lot of them to be fulfilled. Jim also shares on his experience of the difference between giving his woman a clitoral orgasm and thinking, you done good, boy, and giving her cervical orgasms and actually doing good. You can see and feel the difference in your woman when she's having cervical orgasms on a regular basis. She will pay that forward in all parts of your life, becoming your secret weapon and super Fuel. She will be your best supporter and champion, and her well-fuckedness and gushing pussy will lubricate every part of your life and career. So, commit to taking your woman to the ecstatic, life-changing land of multiple vaginal orgasms. And I teach this in both of my Sexual Mastery for Men and Coming Together for Couples salons. Cock block number four, escapes, indulgences, addictions, anything that stops you from taking ownership of your life. This includes TV, alcohol, overeating, drugs, especially weed, and porn essentially anywhere you know that you indulge to distraction where something is consuming your vital drive and energy that you could be directing out into the world and into your woman instead you are ejaculating it into some toilet paper or smoking yourself into oblivion rather than fucking your woman into oblivion or numbing yourself into passivity you wear all of these energies on your personal and in your aura and that is what a woman reads on you whether it's consciously perceived or not it's the energy of inversion of hiding and not fully facing life which is what being a man is all about being a warrior who confronts and deals so hunt your demons and illuminate the places where you know you hide If you'd like to hear more of my thoughts on porn, check out my podcast episode called From Porn to Power. And cock block number five if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Confidence is all about taking action. You train yourself to get in motion and stay in motion, to keep moving forward and evolving by all of the things that you do that help you up level your game. And this is through constantly challenging yourself to be better, to go to the next level. And this is important for anyone, man or woman, but I think it's especially important for men. This is the math principle in action grow or die every day are you doing something that helps you to grow to become even just a little bit better that pushes you out of your comfort zone this could be physically with exercise it could relate to your career Are you staying in a job that you hate because you're too afraid to make the big leap? Are you bailing on your sex life and your woman by not doing this sexual work and exploration with her to build your relationship? Look at all the areas of your life and see how you can keep advancing to the next level. The amazing and magical thing about sexuality is that it becomes a catalyst for evolving all the other areas of your life, meaning as you grow to become sexual masterful you will find that the confidence and confidence you build in bad extends out to every other part of your existence through building sexual stamina you build life stamina through elevating your sexual skills you elevate all the other parts of your life well fucked all stars All right, and here we are with well-fucked all-star Jimbo. How are you doing, Jim?
1: I am doing amazing.
0: So you've been on quite the journey, as many of us have already seen, and we'd love to hear your perspective on uncock blocking yourself. So you've done pretty much all the salons, correct? Yes. Yeah, and so you've been on a journey for... At least a couple years, would you say? Yeah, it's got to be. The Anami journey.
1: The Anami journey has to be like year and a half to two years. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so what would you say have been some of the most significant things you've done to block yourself as a man? Oh, man, you got some time. We do have some time. <laughs> yeah. Fire away. Or hold your load and disperse yep. it slowly, whatever you That's like. It.
2: So, I think that the the pivotal thing was taking sexual mastery for men.
1: The couple salon was great, and it taught. And that's us a where lot.
0: you started, right? Yeah. Like you started with CT, yeah.
1: We we started with CT. Meg took WFW, and then I took SMM, and those were great. Um, experiences it changed our lives, but what really changed my life personally was when we got into the male stuff, and it was I think the biggest thing there that changed my life was you teaching about purpose and being a well fucked man is somebody with purpose, and I I've never had that in my life. Hundred percent. I think that's why. And in, in previous interviews, I've called myself a purposeless bitch. Is what I was before I met Kim and, Ami. and I was just like a, a a ship without a rudder, just going in circles or kind of getting somewhere, but then snapping back because there was never any purpose. And so the biggest thing I think that un- blocked my, you know, myself was finding that purpose. And then once I found that purpose, it just, everything took off, everything from that salon, everything, all these different parts of my life, the purpose was huge. I I, I think that is like the number one thing.
0: Excellent. So let's talk some specifics. So first of all, the whole definition of masculinity, what does that mean to you and what did it mean? And is there a new meaning for that now?
1: Yes. So what it did mean was I think I was always confused about that. Tell you the truth. I mean, you would have like alpha people that you would see or, you know, you kind of see like a rugged guy and that was masculine. Um, And then. You know, in high school, like the football players were obviously more masculine and, you know, testosterone and all that kind of stuff. And so I never resonated with that stuff. I think also just because I didn't know how to be masculine. So I didn't know how to, how to get from, you know, from A to Z anyway. And so after SMM and, and learning all of those things that you teach, masculinity to me became like like I said, it's it's like a multi-prong prong thing. And so now what it is to me is I've got the Nami prong, which is being there to um catch your woman when she falls, fucking her into oblivion, um, doing what you say, say what you mean, um, and all of the things that come along with your teachings. And so I think that is a huge component that's missing from modern day masculinity or what you might see right now that like this, this masculinity that's kind of emerging from all the woke garbage that's kind of like creating like this push for masculinity. That's all good, but I think it's missing the, this component, the Kiminami component um, of being able to um, have control, control of your body, um, lasting longer, all those things which which really kind of reverberate and and make ripples through the rest of your life. And that's huge.
0: All right. So you're talking about the more So the sexual control equals life control. Having yes. sexual mastery translates into life mastery. So how yes. have you seen that happen in your life, in your relationship, where, like, can give an example of something, whether it's, like, stamina or something where you yes. had less control and then you developed more control, and then what was the corresponding effect in your day-to-day life?
1: Yes. So... Before, and we've said this on an interview before, um, we'd be in the bed and as long as Meg was satisfied first and she was there, then I could just stop worrying about it, stop thinking about Margaret Thatcher or some baseball or something and just trying to hang on to that edge so that I didn't come first.
0: So let's say you, so she had a clitoral orgasm, would that be the bar at that stage?
1: No, the bar would be, She would have one clitoral and then one orgasm when I was inside of her. So that was the bar. But it was, can I last like five minutes to be able to give her that? Um, Which most, you know, a lot of times, yes, but sometimes no. Um, And I found myself um, self-pleasuring, or I wouldn't call it self-pleasuring there. It's more masturbating, right? Because I thought it would help me last longer. Then. So if I would do it earlier in the day, then hey, I'd be able to last longer and be able to satisfy her. So it was cheating. But now my stamina is off the Richter scale where it's going for an hour of just penetration. But what I've found is that when I've I've developed that control and that stamina, I have more consistency in my life with my projects so working out i am so much more consistent now every day almost at the same time and even when i don't want to do it powering through and lasting and going the distance business wise and studying wise it was always like hot cold hot cold start stop start stop now i am so consistent and making so much progress towards my goals Um, and there's a strong sense of, um, confidence that I can do this now that I can last the I can last, I can go the distance and I can finish. So that has been a huge, um, eye opener for me that all
2: these things in my life started to change for the better when I gained all this control.
0: Awesome. So, what about even the notion of like follow through and commitment and taking action? Because I've mentioned this before like, one of my favorite phrases that really describes the essence of what women are looking for and men, what can and men can deliver is a man, is it? The most attractive thing a man can do is exactly what he says he's going to do. Yeah. So that sense of follow through and commitment and not like, oh, it was too hard. Oh, the cum fairy made me do it. Right. Like this, (laughs) like pulling back from a challenge instead of being like, no, I got this. Not only am I going to fucking get this, I'm going to go further than that and nail this too. Yes. Which is exciting? It's exciting. That's what I think really feeds the masculine, and what turns on the feminine. The feminine is like, yeah, that's masculine energy in action. That is really attractive. That gets me wet.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Meg is all about that. It, and she sees it, and she'll make comments all the time about
2: just the
1: the the challenges that I'm overcoming, the transformation that I've had that I've had, all of that, and obviously she's making comments about my performance in the bedroom. So it's all a turn on to her, every aspect of it. She sees me working. She sees me consistent. She sees me blowing through things that were stopping me before or uh, making it so challenging that either I'd give up or quit or start something else. So
0: did you have any particular habits that were, we might classify as addictive, right? Like weed, porn, overeating that you would say were a place where you were hiding, right? Yes. Where people, um, you know, cause that's how I look at these things, especially when they're done in excess and excess can just be in a way that interferes with your growth. That's hindering your growth in some way. So did you have anything like that? And then what, what did you, how did you change it? And then what were the effects in changing it?
1: Okay. So there was something that you said, and I cannot remember whether it was in CT or SMM, I think it might've been an SMM and I'll paraphrase and please correct me, but it was something to the tune of, Every pound you are overweight is some locked up trauma or hidden trauma, like something to that extent. I think I'm butchering it, but I think that's the gist of it, correct?
0: That's the gist of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that my comfort was in food and just overeating because the porn stuff all stopped when we went to CT or when we went through CT. Because like that. So you got crazy.
0: the awareness of that. And then it was like yes. easy enough for you to be like, okay, I'll close that door.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was there was no addiction there. There was no, oh, I need this porn. Because like we, like everything was so great in the bedroom in our relationship that it was just, you know, not needed. Just slam the door shut on that. And so I've never like in college, yeah, we smoked weed and all that kind of stuff, but I've never been a heavy drinker or you know, doing weed or whatever besides the occasional drink or every once in a while at a wedding or something, you know, getting a little buzzed. And even now I've lost the desire to drink. Like I don't, I don't drink. I don't want to drink. I just leveling up. I just, I have no desire for that. So again, that door, bam, slammed. So what, for me, what I figured out was food. Cause I was morbidly obese. Um, If you kind of look at the BMI stuff, I I mean, I was, it was horrible. I was pre-diabetic. I was sloppy and fat and all of these things and having that purpose. Number one of understanding what my purpose is and then figure out my why to attach to that purpose, which is I don't want to be on a swim trip in a hotel with my kid and have him wake up with a dead dad who had a heart attack or sleep apnea or something like that. It scared me, you know, and I, I really, I needed to, I needed to find a way to, to stop the roller coaster of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And even though like we had worked out so many of our problems in CT, I still had my own. So back to the, well, again, another one of your recommendations was energy clearing, all that kind of stuff. Tons and tons and tons of energy clearing, getting rid of trauma. till at the point where it was like, man, there's nothing really left. And then when you have this purpose and you start making little steps and have, reaching these little goals and, and things like that, I was finally able to get over. I would say I, you could call it an addiction because you would just eat the wrong things and and too much of it. I mean, it was, it was, it was not good. And so that is, that's completely changed. I have lost since SMM 45 pounds. Um, I don't have the sleep apnea anymore. I'm healthy. I have a calisthenics program and there's like this, um, it's now becoming like wired in me to, to do all this stuff, to be healthy. I, I have no desire to go and stuff my face anymore. Uh, so that through, through this masculinity project, that door now is being closed. Um, every once in a while, I'll have something like some chocolate or whatever. My birthday was last month. Meg made me a cake. I had it. I will pay for it the next day now because I eat so clean and I right. like, feel like I've got like a bit of a hangover or whatnot. But in the past, before SMM, before finding purpose, before finding my masculinity, that one piece of cake or that one day of just not eating on my regimen would send me into a tailspin. And then that's when I would gain all my weight back, kind of go into that food addiction, if you will. Um,
0: So there's some correlation with self-destruction, right? Like doing something that, you know, on some level, at least is not good for you. And then a spiral that comes out of that, right? Where when you're being respectful and honoring and you're loving yourself, you make better choices and you're building overall, cultivating this masculine strength and power and self-love.
2: Yeah.
1: It's the ultimate cock block of that. <laughs> so the self-destruction is that that's the ultimate cock block to yourself and finding masculinity
2: is the, the jab for un-cock blocking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and you know, it's, it's crazy because before finding that masculinity, finding that purpose, you, and finding control, it's like, there's these temptations of, oh, I can't have that because, you know, I'm trying to eat well, or I'm trying to work out. I can't do this. Now it's, I don't want it. There's no desire because there's been such a shift in the control that I have over myself stemming from the control in the bedroom.
0: That's Beautiful. So the urge even isn't there, which is what I love. It's like coming past a certain threshold where you've done enough work that it's not a willpower thing. You just have no desire to do these things that would denigrate you in some way, that would lessen you, that would would hurt yourself. Yes. Self-destruction.
1: So instead of a self-destructive mechanism, I've got, I'm creating and cultivating the success mechanism that works on its own it's like this heat seeking missile that is now on its way for all the good things in my life and and putting me up closer to you know our all you know our ultimate goal that ideal goal of just that you know the masculine man taking care of his family protecting his family all those things um there it's automatic it's the self-image is now changing because my self image was probably like that big and now it's growing and growing and growing to where, you know, I've seen it said before where if this is a box of your true potential, most people's self image is that big, right? And the box is out here. And so as you grow and grow and grow, you become more attuned to like your true potential. And that is, again, that's what learning all this stuff in Sexual Mastery for Men is teaching me and help me to go on this journey to reform the self-image or recreate the self-image that is positive, that is goal-seeking, that is successful
2: and ultimately leading me to my my highest potential. So
0: what other Tools were pivotal for you on your journey into this place.
1: Um, so the self pleasuring tool is that you teach is fantastic because I don't, I almost get triggered now when I see people um talking about like masturbation. I think there's like a Jordan, um, what's his Neil name, um, Peterson. Peterson guy, and he was like, "You should not masturbate, and you should, you know, this is bad, bad, bad." And
2: when when you learn in sexual mastery how to self pleasure,
1: to keep that energy within yourself, to cultivate that energy in yourself, it's the antithesis of what everybody thinks <clears throat> masturbation is or <clears throat> um, self pleasuring is. And so that's a huge tool because number one, you teach yourself control. You teach yourself to last longer in the bedroom. When you have control, when you last longer in the bedroom, guess what? This little thing called confidence shows up. And, and so that's like just a wicked tool right there. Um, The other tool
0: Let's just pause for a second. So to expand on that, so conscious self-pleasuring, because what someone like probably in, in that context, Jordan Peterson is talking about unconscious masturbation, like jerking off to porn, jerking off to put yourself to sleep as a stress relief, like what I would consider the lowest form of using sexual energy, which is not even using it, it's ejecting it out. Right, It's just diminishing it to exhaust yourself to consider that depletion a type of relaxation, but really it isn't. It's just a diminishment of your overall energy and even your self-worth. So what you're talking about and what I teach is conscious self-pleasuring so we're cultivating that energy and not not ejecting it out of the body but actually building it and using it as a power source as a creative source as a rejuvenating and healing source in our lives a fuel source
1: yes like a warrior source almost yeah it's, it's it's amazing again moving from from the bedroom To life and overcoming challenges because you have control and you have confidence. That's what this. That's what this. That's what's happening right here.
2: It's, it's taking that, and just busting through, that wall.
0: How you show up in bed is how you show up in life.
2: Yes, hundred percent. And it's
1: it was awesome. So.
0: And it's such a beautiful concentrated arena right? That people don't really realize because when you have these shifts, because you have to really earn them in bed, right? You can't fake it, at least to get to the places that I'm talking about in my work. And you have to really earn it and put in the time and the energy to get there. And then when you do, it's like this full amplification that then bursts out into all these parts of your life and powers them that you don't even... And then you're not even trying. Like you put in the effort in the bedroom, but then outside of the bedroom, all these things start happening effortlessly. There's a flow and a magnetism where things, opportunities, people come to you because you put in this harder work on the internal and sexual level in the in the pod of your bedroom and in your bed, yes. and then that just flows out into everything else.
1: Yep, hundred percent, thousand percent. That's right on. Another component or tool
2: that I've learned in SMM was um, taking action. Um, We learn it
1: in CT as well. But again, all of these things became more amplified in in SMM. So quick story about that. My birthday last month, um, we were getting ready to go out for dinner. And Meg was like, pick out and out for me outfit for me you know whatever dress and shoes and yada 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 so I picked something out of course she didn't like it she didn't want to wear it she wasn't feeling it and like we were like becoming like so late because she was dilly dallying this and that and finally I just walked into the closet and I was like you need to put this on you need to wear this and you know get moving and meet us out in the car and at, at first she was like a little kind of disgruntled by it or whatnot. But after, like I noticed during dinner, like her mood became even more happy and just looking at me more and and all these things. And the next day, I forgot what it was. And again, because it's happening more automatic, where again, I was like, I made up my mind and said, this is what we were going to do, or this is what I need you to do, or just took control. And it was Sunday night and we were just, having a great conversation, not quite clearing the glass, but just talking about everything. And she just stopped and she's like, I just wanna thank you and tell you how proud I am of you because when you take control like that, it is the sexiest thing in the world. And I just, I am so turned on by it. And just taking charge is just, I just, I want you to do it even more and more often. And it just makes me feel amazing and feminine and all these things. And so this week she was having a really rough time at work, um, a lot going on, super stressed for whatever reason. And instead of just saying, hey, have a great day at work and just kind of sending her on her way, this is really kind of a silly example, but I took charge nonetheless. I was like, I got on my phone for Spotify and I was like, pick the dumbest like happiest song I could find. It was like the Venga bus or something like that. And I was like, listen to this in the car at work and I dare you to be, you know, still be upset after listening to this stupid ass song. And right away when I played it on my phone like the smile came, you know, it was like she needed me to disarm her to to break her out of that spell of um, the pressure And the stress that was going on. And that was all just me taking charge and just knowing and seeing the opportunity and understanding what I needed to do. It doesn't always have to be sexual. I don't always have to tie her up in a bedroom to take charge. It can be, it can be like the first example, or it could be just as silly as the second example, and just like hopping around and dancing and just get her out of her mood and make her happy. And so that was a huge tool, again, that was learned and and really fortified in in SMM is take
0: charge. Right. So how about the under-fucking of a woman or giving her not enough orgasms or clitoral orgasms versus vaginal orgasms? And then like the payoff for you, because I don't think men realize that when women aren't well fucked, or they're living on a subsistence diet of paltry clitoral orgasms, that their woman is going to have a host of underlying resentments, anger, frustrations that ultimately get directed at her man, and just missives all over the place. And he doesn't make the connection that it's because she's not really getting well fucked. And so that in itself becomes a way that men cockblock themselves because they aren't fucking their woman well enough and she's making them pay for it so yes. what's in your experience with that
1: yes one clit orgasm what you're going to find out after you go through the anami courses is that you're not being respected by your woman right there's not like I maybe that's harsh but I don't know I don't know if there's any other way to really Say that because you're not there for you. You think you're doing awesome and you're some hot shot. And hey, my woman, you know she has an orgasm because you hear stories of a lot of women that can't even orgasm. Period. And you think that you're you know a stud or whatnot. But what you <laughs> what's really happening is that you're a chump, and your and your woman is not satisfied, and she's. I mean, you. You've just absolutely cockbucked yourself. Cockbucked yourself to happiness, to a happy relationship. Um, I think that is the best way to put it, because all of this, all the problems that we had, obviously some of it was with clearing the glass and whatnot, but so much of it was in the bedroom. we find out because the orgasms were cheap. the, the experience was cheap. It was junk. It was junk food. It was the, you know, cake and ice cream, not the luxurious ribeye and lobster, you know, like at a fancy restaurant that that nurtures this beautiful relationship. So to uncock, un-cock block yourself, you have to have the stamina. You have to go for hours. You have to be able to do that and fuck your woman into oblivion. That's when she respects you. That's when she knows that you can hold space for her, that you can catch her when she falls. Because if you're just a one-clit orgasm guy, how is she ever deep down going to trust you? Because you can't get her there, right? You can't you can't pound her continuously you know, and give her that beautiful cervical orgasm that she so needs and desires, even if she's never had one, or she doesn't know what it is. She's desiring it. She's wanting it. She doesn't know what it is, but she wants it. You, you can't help her get to that conversation with God, if you will, you know, that, that beautiful, beautiful orgasm. So that's a huge cock block.
2: So now being able to give her the full menu of orgasms, I mean that again,
1: that's uncock blocking one-on-one is you have to be able to open up that menu and give all types of orgasms and just open her world up to what's possible, help her get there. Obviously, as a woman, she needs to Dive into that herself as well. But to be that person who's taking charge and leading in the bedroom and, and invoking that surrender from her, you have to be able to give her those and you have to be able to pound her for an hour, you know, through moans, through squirming hips, through everything, you have to have that control. You have to have that sense of confidence And sometimes I'll be just looking at her and being in just in my mind, just gritting my teeth and just, you know, like just telling myself I've got, you know, I've got this, I'm going to make you come. And she'll notice that like after like a session or something like that, she was like, man, the look in your eye was just animalistic and savage, you know? And, And, but that's the kind of mentality that, I have in there to really invoke this next level of masculinity to get her to these orgasms all the time, not just
2: sometimes, but all the time.
0: Fantastic. So what else would you say about like learning? So part of that journey, you said like, she might not know that she wants a cervical orgasm, but she does. But that would even include you understanding what a cervical orgasm is, is and why it's so important to her. So there's really education for both people and then being committed to, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get there.
1: Yes. That is huge. Again, something that I had no idea what it was uh, before you. Um I did have a book, I thought that was a really good book called she comes first but all it did was give you a roadmap re- roadmap of the clitoris so i was good at like one thing but i didn't know it didn't go into cervical orgasms or really g spot maybe a little bit but but it wasn't until ct and smm where i really learned the about this beautiful world of cervical orgasms and G-spot orgasms and things like that. Now. here's Ooh, the, the
0: vagina. Women have yes. vaginas. Yes. Oh my God. Who knew? <laughs> That's
1: right. There's a new level of respect that your woman has for you when you're able to
2: do this together to give these beautiful, beautiful orgasms.
0: And, I would think this ties directly into the whole notion of why taking action is so sexy for a man and for a woman to see that, right? To me, that's the archetypal masculine in motion of moving towards a goal, accomplishing it and doing it well, where you know, if we put that in the orgasm spectrum, right? The goal, the ultimate goal achievement is cervical orgasms for women. But if a guy or the woman is stopping themselves at, you know, level two clitoral orgasms, like they're nowhere near their potential. And on some level, they both know that. Right. Like you said, even if they don't fully understand, she doesn't understand. He does. We all know there's something more. There's something deeper. There's something better and leaving, you know, perpetually unfulfilled. So, why would you say it's so important for a man to take action? Why is that so sexy for a woman to see? Take action and follow through.
2: Follow through because it lets her know that you can. Lead that you can be this archetypal male, masculine,
1: energetic being. It lets her, it's like all these different signals that allows her to feel safe, to bring her guard down, to bring her walls down, to surrender, to, um, nestle in and just cozy up to her femininity. Um, and that archetypal feminine energy. Um, it's, so it's just, it's a passport to, again, putting defenses down, and then just this whole
2: respect and confidence in her man, which leads to that, you know,
1: faucet effect in this the panic because it's true. It's just, she gets she gets so turned on and wet when i take charge or when i'm um when i'm in charge in the bedroom when i'm in charge on top of her when i'm in charge all these types of things um and for anybody who thinks that's chauvinistic or toxic masculinity
2: this that's like <clears throat> it's impossible because in the heat of the moment,
1: like when my wife's forebrain is probably turned off and it's coming from that subconscious reptilian brain and she blurts out,
2: tell me you own me. There's like, it's, it's I mean, it's there. It's, it's. that's the sexiest thing.
1: Like my mouth dropped and I was like, damn, like, and again, it's like level up you know for the for the man. And so anybody who says that that's toxic is under fucked or some karen or it's some pseudo science bullshit science sociologist um or psychiatrist who puts some label on toxic masculinity. No, there's masculinity and there's toxic men, but it has nothing to do with masculinity.
0: Yeah, it's generally people trying to rationalize their terrible sex lives.
1: Yes, that's a more eloquent way to say it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like what I would see over the years, like male scientist proves that the G spot doesn't exist in women. I was like, okay, that woman, his wife is the most under fucked woman in the world. Like, yeah. absolutely. This guy is so fucking hell bent on yes. showing that women can't have orgasms. Who the fuck tries makes it their life's mission to prove that women can't have orgasms. Like what kind of twisted under fucked you know, psychosis is that right? Yeah,
1: it's bullshit. And then you have again, if if any woman that has not graduated from you know Anami Land and who is insulated from the bullshit, how many women see that and are like, Oh, yeah, there's no such thing as a cervical orgasm, or oh yeah, that's toxic. I would never want that. That is 1950s blah 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 but here you have all these women who have been through Inami land and they're like give it to me daddy like put me <laughs> into, put me into surrender you know make me wet let me let me give up control and trust you you know that is it's like it's trust it's this beautiful." I guess if I had to put it in one word, it would be trust, right? Because when you trust somebody, then you can let your guard down and you can be open, you can be free and you can be relaxed and you're not tense. And so those orgasms come so much more naturally and easily. Um, you know, nothing hurts in there, you know, the like all these things, all these problems and and challenges that, you know, women may have. And it's, I mean, it makes, it would make sense that it's because it's the one-click orgasm, right? They don't, they never have a chance to build up this beautiful trust with their man to let go and just reach that, just, again, whatever you believe, but that like, it's an open communication with God when you have those types of orgasms because I've seen it in my wife. And, you know, when she's sitting there and here's the, here's another amazing thing that I'm able to do now that I was never able to do. She's having a, you know, a cervical orgasm, just bawling, just whatever. And what does Kim say? When she's crying, fuck her harder. And I'm able to do that. Like before you know, I might've not had the confidence to go there and do it, but when she's got tears rolling down and she's like wanting to curl up like a baby, I was like, "Uh, uh," and I'm fucking you harder and I'm taking control. And it's just like this, just like, like, I don't know. It's like exorcism of demons or, or on one day, other days it's just bliss and joy. And she's like, stop, I cannot, like my body can't take it anymore. Like, it's just, I'm feeling like all of this, like my senses are on fire. My vagina is on fire. Like just, she's like, just give me a minute, you know, even like when I'm like fucking her harder. So it's yeah.
0: And do you give her a minute or what do you do?
1: Depends on how <laughs> it depends on if I want to be a benevolent King
2: that day. <laughs> I
1: I was gonna say sometimes I can just see that she's physically spent and like like just I'll give her the benefit of the doubt but other times I can see like she can handle it and I will fuck her harder and longer and more and just keep her going because it's like what
0: happens after just it's like what
1: Oh, she just describes it as like, she is just like on a surfboard of these waves. And it's like this wave of pleasure that just is like intense and never ending. And just, you know, just incredible. And when we're done, she just, she just is like butter in my arms and just so happy and so relaxed and just walking on air. And it's the greatest thing in the
2: world.
0: Fantastic. So any words of advice, parting words you would give to men?
2: Yes. Number one, take, sign up for SMM,
1: take it, but don't go through the motions. Really take everything to heart. Um, Listen, show up for the calls and sit there and, you know, I've talked about being vulnerable a few times and w- I don't mean that as a, you know, being like this, um you know, very, like just emotional and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking about being vulnerable with yourself to know that, Hey, I've got these blocks or these challenges or whatnot, and be vulnerable enough where you can go into these calls and put yourself out there and learn and, And learn from Kim and learn from your brothers that are in there, because what you'll find is that everybody's kind of going through the same thing and and wanting to learn the same thing. So sign up for SMM and then put your best foot forward. And then two, find your purpose
2: in life. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that for men and women, I think partial
1: of the purpose or one aspect of purpose is going to be the same universally for all men and then for all women and that is part of your purpose needs to be understanding and then becoming the most masculine man you can man can you could be and then understanding femininity and becoming the most feminine woman you can be like that should be your baseline purpose in my opinion And the reason I say that is because once I found that purpose of understanding that I chose to come down here as a man in this meat suit or whatnot, and once I figured out and really understood that I need to be the best goddamn man and the most masculine man that I can be, all of a sudden, the purpose for everything else in my life was able to become so much clearer like my goals what like finally instead of like being so like a shotgun blast of pellets on what I wanted to do for um vocation and dharma and things like that all that narrowed and became like just crystal clear what I need to be like the the best family man that I can the best husband the best father all those things but that all starts with understanding that your purpose here whether you chose to come as a man or a woman, I'll save the joke there, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be the best damn man that you can be, the most masculine man. And once you understand and you can get a grasp of that purpose, like everything else it just kind of falls in the line. So take SMM, find your purpose, and then get in, your, get in the gym. Eat right, eat clean, eat healthy, you know, what you've been taught and told about seed oils and carbohydrates and all this other crap that, you know, they show you in the food pyramid, get back to basics, cut your sugar out and really just get into the gym, like weights, you know, like the treadmill and all that kind of stuff. It's fine but man, you need to really pump iron. You need to do body weight stuff because as you get stronger in the gym, you project that strength out. You project that strength inward too. Like you have all these successes in the gym and it just all these little things and you just become stronger mentally, emotionally, and you feel better about yourself. You see yourself in the mirror and now like it's easier to feel masculine instead of feeling out of shape and like a blob, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing I will say too, after all of that is to have a goal. You got to have a goal every day. You should have a goal. Uh, Because when we don't have goals, we end up being that rudder rudderless ship, just going in a circle and in a circle. And I found that by having one goal every day, no matter how small it was, not a to-do list, but a goal, and you accomplish that goal, all of a sudden, again, you're gaining confidence, you gain courage, courage to to complete something, no matter how small it is. And then you, um, you, you start to have this consistency, and then it snowballs, and again, it becomes automatic. So I think it's really important for men to have a goal every day, and not to get through the week so I can go to the bar and shoot pool or watch football on Sunday. Or, you know, that's not, that's, that's a weak ass goal. Like it should be something purposeful that's getting you to your, your purpose, your, your, your ultimate goal. Right. And and you can start with just little shit, like, Hey, I'm going to make my bed or whatever, but doing all these little things and then saying like, okay, if I have this plan, to do something in my Dharma, doing one goal every day to get closer, 1%, 1% closer, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you have to have a goal. You have to be purpose, you have to be driven. You have to do all those things. And if there's any guys out there who are struggling with that, then they need to go and sign up for SMM because it'll change your life like it changed mine.
0: Love it. Thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Kim. It's always my pleasure too.
0: Now, it is totally fair to say that women have their own roles to play in having orgasms and in the relationship overall, but right now, I am talking to you guys and focusing on your part and everything you can do to improve your connections with women. Don't you worry none, I take the women to task in the same way, but right now, school is in session for you. And it's really in session because Sexual Mastery for Men opens for registration at the end of August in this legendary 8 week <laughs> uncock blocking and confidence building salon of mine we cover a whole host of practices where you will learn how to last longer in bed my massively effective techniques to eliminate premature ejaculation forever and extend your staying power for as long as you want orgasms without ejaculation how to achieve the deeper vaginal orgasms for women, cock lengthening and strengthening exercises, the ultimate confidence builders, (laughs) how to occupy your masculine power and dominance to embody the alpha male energy that all women want how to use your sexual energy and relationship as a power source in your life to bring you more cash, business success, and overall life abundance, and so much more. The salon opens at the end of August, and in the meantime, you can check out my free preview video series at kimanami.com, look for Sexual Savant Salons, and then click on Sexual Mastery for Men. You can also take the quiz, are you a super cock and find out the truth. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, many happy orgasms.